This is Fred Ricciani of TSC. In this interview, I chat with Stefan Grasso, the filmmaker behind the multimedia, multi-platform documentary Migrant Sea, which premiered at Slamdance. This highlights African migrant struggles as they immigrate to Europe in search of a better life. But unfortunately, it is easier said than done. This is a very unique documentary. Not only does it highlight these various stories of different African migrants who travel to Europe, in hopes of a better life, but you present it in a number of ways, essay form, audio podcast form, of course, video form, even VR form. So Steph, I gotta ask you first, what drew you to this specific topic and what led you to presenting it in such a unique way? Yeah, so I am uh, half French, half Italian, born and raised in Canada. So, uh, uh, and for this reason, I spent a lot of my childhood in, uh, in Europe, namely in Italy. I spent like months out of every year in Italy. And the one thing that I, I noticed growing up as a kid and as a teenager, um, for me, it was really, really normal to hear these stories of groups of African migrants crossing over by boat from, from Northern Africa to Italy. We would see um, coverage of this pretty routinely, search and rescue operations, a lot of disasters, a lot of people dying. But in Italy, it was like sort of a it was pretty normal. And also uh, during the 2000s growing up, you would also, I also saw sort of like the makeup of Italy change significantly, like the ethnic makeup, which was a very homogenous, like white society uh, during the 90s uh, and 2000s, I would say. I mean, the 90s, there was like a big wave of uh, Albanian migrants uh, that came, but I think you could still consider them like white. Today, Italy is very, very diverse. And this is because of the hundreds of thousands, over a million uh, at this point, uh, African migrants that have come from uh, uh, sub-Saharan Africa. So we call them sub-Saharan migrants because uh, they come from all these countries, these 13 African countries below the Sahara, which is this massive desert across Northern Africa. So what they, they have to do is they have to cross the desert first, which is super deadly and then reach Northern Africa, which is also super dangerous, and then namely Libya. And then they cross over, uh, they cross the Mediterranean to Italy, which is incredibly dangerous as well. So these very, very, very dangerous journeys. So I grew up hearing about the crossings, but uh, it was pretty of note that in terms of the international media coverage, I didn't hear much about it. Obviously, there's like exceptions. It's like I'm not making a blanket statement, but, but broadly speaking, it was wasn't that big of a deal. Um, this all changed in 2014 and 2015 uh, in a pretty sort of like notable way. And I, I had a few issues with it, which is from, from where the, the project grew out of. So in 2014 or 2015, uh, in 2015, if your young viewers don't remember this, what happened is that this is like when the Syrian civil war escalated to a point where uh, about a million Syrian refugees, uh, not to mention the Afghan and, and Iraqi refugees, also fleeing because there was like conflict with ISIL uh, brewing at the time as well. Uh, they crossed over from uh, Syria and Lebanon uh, uh, over to uh, uh, Greece uh, with these boats um, and also through the, Bal the through the Balkans. So that's, it was a big deal. This, this became particularly, um, the, uh, there was a lot of, of media attention uh, to that. And because that was happening and there was a surge also in crossings from Libya to Italy with African migrants, sort of the, the, the broad media coverage 
sort of dubbed this as the, the, the Mediterranean migrant crisis because you had a lot of migrants coming in from both directions. I thought this was problematic to say the least uh, because in a, in a way it was like the world's first sort of introduction like mass introduction to African migrants. And, and basically uh, they were, uh, the, the media coverage tended to, to sort of combine both coverages and sort of create the impression that they, they, were, they were both sort of part of the same issue. But in, in fact, it's like two different complete sets of populations uh, crossing the Mediterranean for completely different reasons with completely different contexts. Like the Syrians and Afghans and Iraqis, a lot of them are, are, aren't migrants, they're refugees. So they're fleeing conflicts. And a lot of interviews that, that, that you'll hear, but many of them say as much. They say, it's like, well, I'm fleeing conflicts. I would love to be in my country. I would like to go back if things stabilize, but, but that's it, I'm being pushed out. Whereas um, there's a lot of refugees also coming from Africa, but many of them are migrants. So they intend to permanently move to Europe, searching for like a, a, a better, more stable life. Uh, and, and the important part is that their countries of origin, it's like 13 different countries, more technically, but like, let's say 13 main countries uh, under the Sahara, both in Eastern and Western Africa. Uh, and like each country has its own set of issues, all these different regions, with all these different ethnic groups. So like there's so many different reasons it's not just conflicts it's it's climate change there's social issues yeah there's conflict too there's political issues it's 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 just it's across the spectrum so uh, hundreds of thousands or oh, millions have made the journey over a million survived the journey countless have lost their lives both in the Sahara and, and and the Mediterranean, and yeah, um, the 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 thing that really stood out to me with the coverage is that um, and and the big problem that led to to the creation of migrancy is despite a lot of good intentions in many respects, and I don't think the media were doing anything like deliberately wrong here, is that the coverage really focused on the search and rescue operations in the Mediterranean, like rescuing the boats. And this is a problem in a few ways. First off, it tended to uh, sort of view the search and rescue operations from a European perspective, from a European lens. Uh, so it was really like from the inside of Europe looking outwards and sort of call it like fortress Europe, right? So it, it showed the search and rescue operations and, and at such an alarming rate with such huge populations that, that uh, it sort of ended up portraying them as like these black uh, suffering masses of Africans sort of desperately trying to reach Europe and being saved by, by white people. And it ended up dehumanizing them. And, and, and I found that it really disturbing that I wasn't hearing African voices talking about their stories, why they left or even hearing much about what their lives were in Europe after they arrived. This is, I'm not making blanket statements. There's a lot of good media organizations that, that have done stories like this, but the broad, like the broad narrative was really just portraying it like that. And I, in Canada, I grew up like within a Haitian community, got a lot of African friends, some of them who came over to Canada as refugees as well. 
And so it was really, really like of striking that like I we weren't hearing African, black African voices in the sort of portrayal of this this whole narrative. Also, by that point, I'd been working uh, with NGOs, uh, making uh, NGO documentaries for several years, and I'd sort of developed this kind of sensibility. Because with NGOs, for all the, their good intentions, a lot of the time, it's like the point is that they have to, they have to like raise funds. So it's like you go there, we have this person, you do the interview, you put something together, and, and like you're like, boom, this is this is their story, right? Well, I quickly sort of felt an unease with that, and uh, uh, I've always really firmly held to the belief that if we're going to make a film about someone's story, it needs to be done like collaboratively. And that they have to have some agency and some like creative input so that we not only like sort of put a video that tells their story, but that um, we make sure that it expresses who they are and express, expresses their, their intent as authentically as possible. So I've been doing that on document on, on human rights documentaries for that in like Bangladesh with the Rohingya and and with the um uh and in like southern Thailand America and yeah so I, I'd done that several times so it sort of like naturally transitioned into migrancy and also into my concerns about like well what kinds of stories were were being put out there and finally like I married a human rights lawyer and she was specifically focused on that so she brought that to my attention on top of it and she she's the one who who gave me the idea she's like why don't you why don't you do this? Like, we're not hearing about this. You should, you should do it. I think I was fortunate to have like a skill set as like a fiction filmmaker, as a documentary filmmaker, as a journalist, like a photojournalist, like with all these backgrounds and also speaking French, Italian and English really fluently helped me go in and, and make this uh, documentary pretty easily. Um, I mean, practically speaking, because I could speak the local language, I was able to sort of like communicate with people in, in sort of like a language that made them feel at ease. Generally speaking, African migrants will be pretty, generally speaking, they'll be fluent in like French or English. And a weird thing is that uh, a lot of them are like really, really good, like really fluent in Italian after a couple of years in Italy. And they're just like, oh, let's just speak Italian. Because because in, in group homes, they have to, well, in, in reception centers, they often have to like live together, but because you know, 13 different countries, people have their own dialects, people don't speak the same language, but everybody has to learn Italian at the same time. So you have these reception centers with all these different African migrants, but everybody's speaking Italian to each other because it's the one language they have in common. So, um, so yeah, so I was very fortunate to be able to go in there and, and be able to speak to people like that. And uh, to get back to why uh, did the multimedia uh, uh, project as a, uh, as a multimedia documentary, because the stories weren't being told, uh, I wanted to make something as freely uh, and easily available as possible. So I, I wanted it to be a, 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 an easy to access website and understanding that people have suffered from a lot of compassion fatigue, like, like the pretty brutal stories. Uh, and, and I wanted to sort of tell things differently. I wanted to make it as easy as possible for the audience to experience it in, in, in the way that they want. So no, no matter if you're on your computer or on your iPhone, or on your iPad, or however you sort of like feel like experiencing a story, 
uh, there's an option for it on the website. We have audio documentaries. So like walk around, you can listen to audio documentary, photo documentaries, video documentaries, VR documentaries, got articles like first person essays where people tell about them, like their more complete journeys, multimedia elements. We've got interactive maps, uh, more like creative essays and stuff like that. So really to like give people a lot of options uh, to be able to experience it uh, 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 the way that they want. They can jump from one story to the other. So the, the broad migrancy documentary is about the issue, but it's also about the individual stories. And so there's these mini documentaries within that. And that's sort of what makes the bigger, the, 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 the bigger piece basically. So lots of individual stories uh, in a lot of different, um, and yeah, you can sort of explore the website and explore these stories however you want. And it works on, on your phone as well, which is dope, which is cool. This is extremely museum ready. You know, this is super educational. Yes, I'm sure it'll do great on the film festival circuit. So I'm assuming when you put this all together, that was kind of like a long-term goal, right? To get this into schools, the universities, yeah. to museums as well. So this, these stores can live well, on. Well, the, I mean, the schools thing I hadn't even thought about. Incidentally, the this came into being while I was doing a master's in digital journalism. So it actually, um, so I mean, it's related in that, in that respect. Uh, but uh, for exhibits, yeah, that's definitely something that I had uh, in mind. Uh, like I said, we still have a lot of stories to to keep putting together. But there's there's definitely, like, a, yes, I have proposed this project as an as an installation. I have like the maps and why the, the overhead designs and. Uh, there is a version of this project uh, uh, that's more experiential, that's for sure. I would really, really like to have like a physical exhibit with this, like where you could like see the photos, have VR headsets and have a screen in the room and be able to sort of explore things uh, uh, a little bit more physically um, as well. And that's that's definitely something that I'm proposing uh, around to festivals. And you make a good point. I should also propose it to, to galleries and, and museums. Um, but yeah, but ultimately I always had the intention of putting it on the website because I think it's like, it's absurd if I want, if the purpose of the project is to create awareness, it needs to be as easily available as possible and putting stuff in museums is not super <laughs> easily accessible. So that's why there's a, there's the website. So anybody could experience it. Much. Fantastic stuff. Yeah. You've provided a lot of insight, a lot of details into this uh, multimedia documentary. We're definitely looking forward to checking out at Slam Dance and at other film festivals near you. For anybody that's not yeah. convinced already, why should they check out Migrant C? And what do you hope that people take away from this documentary? Watch Migrant C if you want to to like really understand who these people are and aren't afraid of like emotionally connecting connecting with like the stories of migrants and sort of discovering how much more complex and maybe even more put together than we are sort of seeing them differently and and migration i i always say this migration i think is like it's one of the most important narratives one of the most important stories of our lifetimes it's not going to stop it's becoming like increasingly uh more more discussed and talked about and, and we're, we're we're no matter the country that we're in we're it's going to uh namely in terms of western countries like the united states like in, in europe and in lots of countries in asia it's becoming like more and more significant uh so if you want to sort of like touch with this general story of migration on an emotion level and sort of try to 
get to understand people and hear their stories and their voices as told by them, please go visit Migrancy. And what, what I, I want the project to achieve is pretty much that. Um, I think we there's a lot of noise and, we, and a lot of stories sort of tend to forget integrating migrants and refugees into the stories being told about them. There's, their journeys are often made political and that's sort of what dominates coverage. So they're talked about, but it's like where their voices in that. And I'm really, um, I feel like honored to have had so many people open up to me and share their stories. And I'm excited for, for, for anybody willing to sort of like experience them as well, because they're incredible stories and people are just incredible survivors. And it's really important to me. Uh, that people hear this, but we're still working on putting on on putting some stories together. If you visit the website in like a few months or in a year, there's going to be even more stuff. You see, if it's in a in an exhibit in one city, it might be different from from the other. And uh, what I'd love to do is uh, reason I'm going to going to go to film festivals and I want to meet like collaborators and and uh, uh, to to develop like a, a future version of this. I'd love to make like a streaming. Uh, limited series to to bring this this to a whole other audience like Netflix on Amazon or HBO yeah just to be able to like bring this story to a whole whole new audience and most importantly I'd like to yeah work with African and Black uh, directors artists and producers on this because like I feel like really privileged to have been able to 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 put this together but like it's not just it's certainly not my story as a as a white guy it's certainly not not mine to tell or, or at least not just mine to tell and uh, i i really want to like sort of develop this with with other people who maybe even have a probably have a better understanding of the issues than than, than i do that's that's sort of what we're working on yeah anybody anybody who's interested give me a shout migrancy.com